0: Father, we just come before you this morning, and Lord, you have drawn us from wherever we we were earlier. Some of us, Lord, because this is our routine, Uh, that faithfulness, Lord, and some of us, Lord, that this may be a a different kind of thing, a new thing, but you know, I, I was just, In, uh, it says in 1 Corinthians, that it says, and since you're us for the spiritual gifts, seek to abound for the edification of the church. Now, Father, I just pray, Father, for, uh, uh, I'm not even asking for a restoration, I'm asking for a restoration of the love and the heart of the believer. Father, there is something you want to do. That, that, that pastors and leaders sometimes become the, the glue for people with the church. And that's, that's not how it works because every part of my body is connected to my head. It doesn't struggle or fight for that or allow some other parts to do that and that part just doesn't. But there's a reason for this love. Father, it's for the what? It says that we would abound for the end of the day. says here, Lord, that, that what's the outcome when you assemble? That each one has a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, as a tongue, an interpretation. And each part comes prepared, Father, not just for upfront things, but things that, that bring a blessing from you. Maybe we receive it in the moment, maybe we've prayed about it in the night, maybe it's something that you've worked in our heart before thinking, is that for me, is that beyond me? I thank you, Father, that in this place right now, there's that robust work of your spirit here. And Father, for the edification of the body. I thank you for that. I thank you Lord, that our worship corporately is so important. And I thank you, Father, for our edification. It's so necessary that inside of each believer, it's, Father, a portion that becomes our daily bread. It's something that, Father, unless it's given away, that Father, it, it, will, it will not do in me alone what it's meant to do for us. And so, Lord, I just thank you, Father, for that work of the Spirit. Encourage the body. Encourage us, Lord. If, if Jesus were to suddenly be not in this building, with this neighborhood, even know that, when they even notice it. So I just thank you, Father, for the now that you've given us. I thank you for this season. I thank you for all the things that are involved in our life, all the pieces of the past Because in some place, even the, the new creature in Christ has to think about it. There's something about the everyday, God. Huh? We thank you, Father, for the reality of that, Father, is testimony testimony of the city. We bless you for that, Lord. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. Good to see you all. Good to be seen. We've spent the last uh, few days in California and uh and to so see my daughter her husband her family but also this grandchild who turns one and he doesn't see enough i mean i don't see him enough uh, we don't see each other you know and so when there's been a time gap that you've got to you kind of got to re- rekindle that and so uh, you know you go to you go to, to like this and he turns to mom and, he says, well, look, I don't want that little mustache guy around me. I don't know who he is, all right? But it's interesting, uh, when you get on the floor of the little kid, and I baited him. This is true. I baited this baby. I put my cell phone on my leg. Because they're intrigued, all right? And I baited this baby. So as it came, as it came for it, and he was coming for it, Man, of course, he wasn't going to get the, the cell phone, all right? But it got him close enough and interested enough that, man, he went for my reading glasses. It cost me, it cost me three pairs of reading glasses to get another kid, all right? <laughs> because he was like, he's like a tree, like beyond normal with this stuff. And the, point, the point of this is, is that it's in the little things. It's in the everyday things. What we're taking a look at today in Ephesians is, 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 is this place in the Bible where he's talking about this submit one to another as a foundation of wives submitting and husbands loving and children obeying. It's a, this a foundation. And then when we get to this crescendo of this chapter or the, the, the waterfall into the pool, and he's talking about this mystery. This great mystery is great. In verse 32, it's a great mystery. It's a big mystery. But it's not a mystery like the world. You watch a TV show and it's all mysterious and they're trying to unravel. And It's not like that. It's God bringing what has not been revealed and he's revealing it. It's not something we have to have the decoder ring or the secret handshake, or that It's something to where he wants not only for us to hear the revelation of the mystery, but see, without submission in our hearts, we won't receive it. Why does it start with wives submit to your husbands before husbands love your wives? Because love has no impact on something, someone, that can't receive it. It only impacts when there is what that vulnerability to receive what God says at the level of what it's in, of, of what it's intended to hit the mark. Do you ever get mail in your mailbox for somebody else? I get it all the time. I get it from my parents who passed away like years ago. I get it from a from, from a relative I haven't seen in 30 years. I get I get a little mail in there. All right. Now it's never mail that's you know, interesting. It's just, you know, another advertisement for something. But there's something about I don't receive that mail because, number one, it's not interesting. Number two, it's not for me. What submission does is it allows us to receive where that uh, purpose of God is supposed to hit us. And that deep change that it brings in us can only be done by that kind of reciprocity with God. What we're talking about here is about a, re- a revealed mystery, man. Every day. Let me tell you this: Christians sometimes we we've gotten so used to celebrating the marriage, all right? Celebrating the celebration, celebrating the marriage, all right? You know, Julie and I have an album of our wedding, and you guys have laughed so far it, come over to my house and get entertained, all right? Here we are dressed in this funky old stuff that was so hip and cool. But now it's like, you gotta be kidding me, that, everybody says, "Oh, that's the 70s. Well, that's what we got married. And then I look at my parents' black and white photos that looks like World War One pictures, all right? You know, and they kind of like, that wasn't real, that was a long time ago, all right? That there's something about uh, that that we get caught up in all the aspects of what it means to have this this experience with God. And we miss out so often on the marriage part. How many days are there? Somebody can can get your advocacy out, right? If, If somebody's married 50 years, how many days is that? I want somebody to do it, if you don't mind. How many days is that? You're not just married on the days that it's fun. You're not just married on the days that it's your anniversary or Valentine's Day. You know, here, here my son-in-law, uh, he worked so hard to get, a, to get a night out or a few hours out for Valentine's Day. Getting the baby down, giving us like in-depth instruction. Alright? Um, hey listen, we, I, we haven't been around this baby that long, but we've been around babies. Alright. And they were gone, the only thing I got to watch is the monitor. Because the baby was asleep the whole time. Well that was not really any fun. And yet the the the, the, the I'm glad they got out and I'm glad they had dinner, but all the time, you know what they're thinking? How's the baby going? That's what they were telling. there's something about the everyday part of what he's talking about, this great mystery revealed is about the marriage. and it's not looking through the album one more time to remember the wedding. The wedding's great. But for so many believers what they talk about is 1974, 1986, 1991, something that's over here, those are beautiful things. But sometimes, if that's all we have, what about today? What about t- 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 today's bread, our daily? Give us this day, our daily bread. Let's take a look at our text uh, this morning, Ephesians five, and um, let's take a look at this. this where it sits, and these words. You know, we started back in Ephesians 5.18. That's not our text for today. day. Uh, Ephesians 5.32.33. That's where we're headed. But he's talking about all through this, this piece of parts about don't, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then this cascading language that brings us into what being filled with the Holy Spirit would look like in the marriage. It would look like speaking. It would look like worship. It, it would look like thanksgiving. It would look like submitting one to another. See, I, there's a give and take. You know, we run into them, maybe we were a person. We were, we're kind of the black hole person. Doesn't matter how much encouragement we get. It's like dropping a quarter down the well that has no bottom. You can't even hit, hit it hit the bottom. Because we're looking for something to encourage us now. We're looking for something to fix the situation now we get so fixated on the fixing that we miss out on the miracle of God not saying yes right now. There's something about not waiting patiently like, okay, God's going to do something. I'm just going to grip my teeth because patience, (laughs) we think patience is waiting. Oh, God, teach me patience. Then we have people saying, Oh, don't ask God for patience because, you know, you might be what you asked. I mean, why do we do all that stuff? What, what gymnastics is that? All right? Let's look at the word patience for what it is. What is patience? It means you got a ticket and you're waiting at the bus stop for the bus. That's what patience is. Patience isn't just this waiting because God's doing something mysterious. Patience is waiting for the return of Christ because they got it patience is knowing all things work together for the good, just like the song, because I got a ticket. It's knowing that, what God's going to provide all my needs according to his riches, because I got a ticket that God is going to use me in this season for his purpose, which is to save the world, because I got a ticket. And every moment of every day becomes the exercise of the value of that ticket. But unless we get up from our prayer time and we get up from our worship time and may go into where the people are that we're here for, you'll never discover what it means to have a ticket. Well, Rick, I'm really not that, that evangelistic person. Listen. The part, if you say stuff like that, the part you're not paying attention to is that, see, Jesus says that inside of each believer is a heart to reach the lost, because that's his heart. And unless, what we exercise that heart. Now, you may not go out and minister to people like Luke does or like Nicky does, and, and thank God for that. You need to approach people like you do in him. But to say, I'm no good at that, or I'm not a people person, listen, there's two things about marriage that happen when we're married to Christ. For women, he's going to pull you forward. He is. He's going to pull you forward. He's going to pull you past the outer courts. All right? Past the priests. And he's going he's to he's take you to where he's going with the momentum of running or staying or walking is going to take you beyond yourself. And you're going to find that security isn't about stuff or schedulable things. Those are okay. But security means God loves me and is with me no matter what. And for men, I'll tell you what, this marriage with Christ means what? It means that we are drawn beyond inventory. We're drawn beyond the 14-year-old thinking. We're drawn beyond the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows. And we've come to a place where man, we look like a man in the process of maturing. But we're not mixed up about what it means. And we're not unstable. That doesn't mean we don't have moments of higher and lows, it just means we don't live and those things that move us to a place where nobody knows kind of where we're at. Which, do I got Mr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde today? Who do I have? He's saying that there's something going on. This this feeling of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, this practicality of heaven begins to to be expressed how many days and 50 years of marriage? How many? 18,000. Yeah. Guess how many days you're married? All of them! You're married all those days. You're not just married on the good days or the awful days. You're married in all of them. See, the, the, the point we have to get, where, folks, is the church's endurance? Where is it steadfastness? Where is it? Where is it? man, it's something about it. Today's not an exhortation to do something. It's an exhortation that you are something. Amen. And it goes down through these verses in that fifth chapter. And it talks about what? It talks about being subject to Christ. It talks about love. It talks about sanctify. It talks about he gave, he cleansed, he presents her to himself. That I mean, she's... She's presentable to him in her glory, and she's holy and blameless. and husbands loves himself, wife like himself, and kids are obeying. Man, it sounds like this awesome thing, but it happens one day at a time. Verse 32, it says, "The mystery is great, but I'm speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, each individual among you also is to love his own wife, even as himself, and the wife must see to it that she respects her husband. Now this is going to get deep in a second, because I, I took for today the J.P. Phillips. Anybody read J.P. Phillips by translation? It's a great study Bible. J.P. is a great history of this this person who became a Bible translator uh, because he wasn't trying to do a living like change the meaning so just people understand it better he was saying man let's bring out the punch of what he's saying and here's JP he says the marriage relationship is doubtless a great mystery this is without doubt but I'm speaking of something deeper still the marriage of Christ and his church then he says these two words. Maybe you're going to love them. He says, in practice, what I've said amounts to this. He's taking that word nevertheless, and he's blowing it up to what he's saying. Because so many times we get to this nevertheless, and we think he's like, okay, and by the way, I want to reiterate what I've reiterated like nine times. And just, you know, husbands, love your church, The woman, respect your He's not saying that. He's saying in practice. He's saying in the day, in the daily, it amounts to this, that let every one of you who is who is a husband love his wife as he loves himself and let the wife now, there's going to love this word, reverence her husband. You know what the word reverence means? It's scary, isn't it? All right? Because women, if you're married to him every day, you know there's lots about it. That man is not reverenceable. You know that. No mystery. But okay? what he's saying is, man, will you see your husband like I see? Her? Will you see your wife like I see her? Will you trade your criticism for a seat? Will you trade? I like this about my wife, but I don't like that. Will you trade? for how I see her. And you know what? I love her all the time. Will you stop being a critic of my church? Well, the church of Jesus should and is and could be. Well, who are you? All right? Man, show me your badge. Okay. I don't know what, this is it. Okay, 5-0. Okay, they pop the badge out, don't they? Well, you haven't got one. So stop it. Stop saying, well, I was in a church, I was in a church, I was in a church. Be the church. Amen. Amen. Yes. Get out of your cell. Women, let God take you forward. Men, let God grow you up. See, submission is necessary before love can have any impact or have a place to go. It has no place to go. I could talk to this pew. But see what? Pew's not going to respond. Pew will sit there and listen. Pew's a good listener. But it's not, it doesn't penetrate. See, it's just the human heart. Faith, why? Wow. Now I want you to catch this one. Faith is spirit-filled submission. That's what it is. God says, I've sent my only son And whoever so what believes in him won't perish, but he'll have everlasting life. See, up until then, it's talking to the pew. But to that heart that's hungry, to that heart that's sick of itself, to that heart that knows there's something more, that message penetrates. I heard a man say to another man that I don't know, I'm sitting there waiting to get something over with, he just says, man, I really love Jesus Christ. It wrecked me. There's something about that heart that will submit, And that message not only permeates what? The soul, but it gets to our spirit. It begins to what? Change the person who's involved in the how many thousands of days of marriage. It begins to change her heart in relationship to the everyday. And we move from what? Endorphins to truth. We move from the excitement to the value of the of the good work, the good fight. Where our emotions are not gone, but they become what? Subject to the truth. Man, it's so fun to see you come out of yourself and be what God made you. That is the best. And it is so abjectly heartbreaking when you get almost there and you step back into what this world says about you, worst of all, what you say about you. I had a heart attack not because I have cholesterol, but because, man, I misread all the sorrow of doing this for all these decades. Are you blaming people for your heartache? No, I'm blaming myself. No, that's, it, it's debilitating. Heartache is debilitating. It's true, if you're going to serve Christ, it's going to be painful. But it should be in the, in the knowing of him and his sufferings and not the knowing of ourself and the burden of the sufferings. Faith is spirit-filled submission, enabling the whole heart and mind to be changed and renewed. The new creation has to clean the bathroom. Has to have the everyday part to it. That's the exciting part. To do the everyday in a distinctly different way. Let's look at Luke 5. And This is not going to be up anywhere. And these poor people put my scriptures in the dead. It's never there. Sorry, Kevin. Just relax, brother. Get your Bible out. It'll be fun. When Jesus... Now, this is, this is with the disciples. <clears throat> and Jesus does something super weird. <laughs> I mean, super weird. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon put out into the deep water, and let down your nets for a catch. Do you have this vision of this this, this scene in your mind? Peter has has given Jesus a boat to preach from. He's a fisherman, he he kind of heard of Christ, he he said, man, you can use my boat. And so Jesus pulls out a little way, and speaks to the crowd, and after speaking, Jesus says to Simon, Uh, He says, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. What does Simon say? Simon answered and said, Master, we've worked hard all night and caught nothing. But I will do as you say and let down the nets. Submission is spirit-filled faith and action. Peter had been up all night. Listen, we got home last night. I don't know. Julie wasn't asleep until 2 in the morning. All right? Man, I'm pumped when I get home, so I have to have Cheerios, right? You've got to have some Cheerios when you get home, right? (laughs) One in the morning, all right? Because I'm excited about today. I am. I'm excited about the whole thing, all right? But see, when you're tired, when that alarm went off this morning, my body said, what? No way. No way. And really, I went beyond that. I said, what is that? What's, what's going on? Master, man, I'm tired. I'm a pro fisherman. And we've been out in the best places to fish. And we've done it all night. And we've caught nothing. You have spoken from my boat. And you're not a fisherman. And you're telling me, let's go fishing. And you're telling me to let down my nets. What brings Peter to, the, to a response? He just said, I'm just going to do it because you said so. Man, how powerful is that? He didn't say, I don't feel like it. He, I'll tell you what, I know he didn't feel like it. He didn't say, listen, you're not a fisherman, what would you know? And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. Payday, you know, man, it's something, don't you love payday? Well, not always, because Mr. Who's this FICA guy? You know, what 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 does that mean? But see, it's no longer about the fish. Verse 8 says, "When Simon Peter saw that, he fell down in Jesus and said, man, get back from me, Lord. Man, I'm a sinful man. See, there's something about, see, the message has to get where the message was destined for. It wasn't about fish. It wasn't about a fish. It was about a change the change of a human's heart. There's things you've said to friends and you've got no reaction from. Or maybe they resisted you. But if you you've said anything that comes from the Bible, that's rib sticking. see? Because it sits in them and, and marinates, you know. See? And we think, well, they didn't do or they didn't say or they didn't, or it's never, see? none of this is about you and me. Sometimes we get focused on the wedding and miss out on the exalting of the marriage. Marriage is a picture of every day. Marriage, JP, translated marriage, relationship is doubtless a great mystery. But I'm speaking of something deeper still, the marriage of Christ and his church. We think, and we have a theology that says that marriage will occur when we go to heaven. But I'm sorry. Jesus already bent the knee to you and I. He's already handed over the ring. He's already what? Had our response but as the message of this marriage, man, is it in our heart? I'm not not questioning you. I just think the absence of maturity and fruit speaks louder than what our intentions will say. Jesus changed the world with twelve guys, and one of them was out to, to scuttle him right in the middle of his crew. Still changed the world. There's something about the preciousness that's in us, and where is it getting spent? Is it where is it getting spent? Where where is it going? If all of a sudden, we couldn't meet in this building, and we had to move someplace else. Would this neighborhood even know we were here? I ah, see that that bothers me. It's not because let's get busy and go knock on doors, but man, let's let our light so shine that men will see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Let's look at another one. You guys okay this morning. I'm not coming at you. I'm with you. Oswald Chambers says, Both nations and individuals have tried Christianity and abandoned it because it's been found too difficult. But no one has ever gone through the crisis of deliberately making Jesus Lord and found him to be a failure. Let's look at John 13.3. These are well-known, these are well-known moments. Is anything in my everyday life, the Bible's already been written, there's nothing we can add to it. But see, these were everyday moments that ended up in the Bible. Ended up for people for centuries, gaining benefit from something that happened at the dinner table. When our kids were little, what was going to always happen at the dinner table, at least one person was going to spill him off. We knew it. We should have just come to the table and knock the glass over and got over it. It's like teaching boys to drive. You may as well just go to a parking lot, put them in the car, and say, okay, man, hit something. Let's get it over with. Alright, because it's going to happen. See, there's something about this moment with Christ. He says, it says, <clears throat> he got up from the supper. Alright? They didn't know really what he was doing. And he laid aside his garments. Uh-oh. And he took a towel and he made a gird himself. Now, they know something's up. Because that is only the action of a servant. And now they're tensed up a little bit. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wiped them with a towel with which he was girded. I'm talking about, man, this, talk, this, is, this, is, this is at such a low level of what happened in the every day. And yet it was him doing this, this, this serving. I've told you the story before about these, these high school girls backpacking and how rebellious they were. Man, they hated me from the get go because I said the word no to them. They came to me, and we only hiked in the first day, we were in the setup camp. They came and they said to me, hey, we'd like to just walk back out to where we started, we'll get home, uh, we'll kind of see you later. <laughs> and I said, well, it's not how it works. Alright? And I told them, hey, in three or four days, you'll acclimate, it will be great, blah, blah, blah. But after I said no, they didn't listen anymore. And so they worked diligently in their hatred of me to make sure, man, they were not in on anything. We worked towards a solo where these kids would spend a 24 hours in the woods by themselves, most of these kids uh, had never done that. So these two girls somehow, we put them out where they wouldn't know where each other are. All right, we knew where they are. But these two girls somehow found, contrived, and found each other. Hey, we'll meet at the big tree, or we'll meet at this rock. And then there was these guys that were horse campers, okay, about a mile away from us. Man, those girls went up and partied with the cowboys. Had to find him in the morning. Now I'm not just the guy that said no. Man, I'm the guy that man is suspicious of you. I'm not going to let your folly wreck this for everybody else. But in the meantime, what? Two of the people that are up on our leadership, they spent time with these two girls and made dinner together and set in the tent for the rain and all that kind of stuff. Two nights before we're going to come out, man, they get saved. I hear a little bit about it and I think it's awesome. And they came to me the last night and they said, Rick, man, we're so sorry, man, they're teary eyed. And we're so sorry, man, we, we treated you this way, man. But we just had this happen and Christ is now in our hearts. And then they said this, can we wash your feet? Now, I'm, number one, where'd they get it? I mean, they didn't know anything in the Bible, all right? All right? They didn't know anything, but they didn't knew something about that. And I wanted to say with everything in me, no, no. You've been pills, I love you, I think getting saved is awesome. But I was gonna stifle, I was gonna, I was gonna say no to that. Because my boots, my feet have been in those boots 11 days. All right. number one, it's a surprise you don't want anybody to have, All Right. I said, okay. And man, it was, I mean, they didn't pull out the Bible, man. Pulled off my boots and no socks. They had a little basin of water. Ice-cold river water. (laughs) I didn't go to sleep at all during the whole thing. And man, man, I just broke. Didn't want to. I wasn't sad. I wasn't unhappy. But man, this hit me how unworthy I was to have Christ wash my feet. And yet, man, I didn't want to stop either. So man, how many days? How many days again is it? 50 years of marriage, how many days? 18,000 18, every day. See, if all we look is for the highlights, we miss out on the everyday part. If all we're moved by is what ain't happening or what should happen, I'm fighting a spouse. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with my spouse. I, you know, I, you know, we see people in people in this room have lost a spouse. Jesus says, "If I don't wash your feet, man, you have no part in me." He's saying this everyday moment you want to miss, but if you do. It demonstrates how far apart we are, not how close. Guys on the road to Emmaus, Jesus has been crucified, it's on the third day after he's been buried, and they're walking to Emmaus. Jesus shows up, they don't recognize him, Jesus' man, why is he so sorrowful? And they're like, haven't you heard? All right, it's all on Facebook, and you should know all right, what's happening. He says, they, they reply to him, this is Luke 24, he says, we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides that this, today is the third day, and since these things have happened. Sometimes in our everyday folks, we're so close to that third day. We think it's just gonna be the same day every day. But we miss the ante- anticipation because we're thinking it's never gonna happen. My daughter was convinced she was probably never gonna marry, gonna be an old maid. I must right? married, man, I don't want to buy kids. Okay? Well, now she's carrying this little kid around getting up 11 times at night. (laughs) She's doing all this. I said, hey, is this super fun now? Got a husband, got a baby. Hey, this is totally fun, right? right. Man, God has pulled my daughter over a threshold of herself. It's beautiful to see. Jesus is saying, listen, man, you're close. Don't waste time. Don't waste your lives on worries. Romans 8:28, we sing the song. Listen, our theology must heal itself out of exhibiting itself in your most common everyday relationships. Your theology must work itself out, exhibiting itself in your most common everyday relationships. Jesus says, man, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will try, but by no means enter the kingdom. Man, to these guys who watch the Pharisees dress up and pray, and and our righteousness has to exceed these dudes, they're going like, man, what? Yeah, because the fire comes from the inside. Because the message I'm preaching to you has a destination, and it's behind your sternum, it's not your brain. And when that message is received by you who are submitting by faith to that word, man, it's going to change you at your your core. It's going to bring out of you what's really there. Lastly, Ephesians 4, 25. He says this in verse 27. Do not give the devil an opportunity. man, when discouragement's there or a situation is yelling at you or whatever else, man, we give in to it. It's not like, oh, I won't say anything because I don't want the devil to think he has an opportunity. No. Are you going to exercise truth like Jesus did? Say, hey, listen, devil, you got me? I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. But you know what? Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Man, there was something that changed in the world when he said that. Now guess what? You can say that too. You can say it too. Before we pray here, before we... You can get to the offering, uh, folks. Ready? All right? I've gotten a little breathy. I apologize for that. Um, but, but before we take our offering... Man, let's talk about this. Because this this marriage means, our marriage to Christ means that he's washing us and cleansing us by the water of the Word right now. And are are we or will we, or I want to encourage you if you are, receiving that Word that's going past the outer courts, past where the priests hang out, but it's entering into that most holy place, your spirit. And man, you, you, you're losing weight while you're sitting here. Wouldn't that be a great ad? Lose weight while you sitting in church. Right? Get a burden. And let God revive in you what he said to you. Let him revive in you what he said to you yesterday. Let him revive in you what we share with you right now. Because I'll tell you, when the body grab- gathers together, man, there should be what the abundance of encouragement that doesn't come from the, the bald mustache people. Man, it, you're ready to, man, you're ready to give it. Come on down. Father, we bless you and thank you, Lord, for the, the offering that we're about to make. Some of the offering needs to go in this basket right here. It needs to come out of your wallet. It needs to come out of your purse. But that's not all the offering. The Bible says, man, don't give if you can't give joyfully. Don't give if you've got something against somebody, man. Go make it right. Think come back. But, Father, maybe beyond that, maybe a giving right now, that giving you is, Lord, I am I'm just going to submit to you. I'm just going to restore my, turn my attention, Father, to the filling of the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. and then What? Man, your heart will want to submit to Him. Listen. Turn to Him. Don't let any circumstance or any feeling or every thought in your mind dissuade you receiving that word and don't Don't let anything take that away from you. Find not only a restoration but maybe we've never had it to the fullness. Maybe this is a story. You should. And so Father, I just thank you for a beginning, Father, where the body of Christ is not looking Father, for the next fix. But Lord, it's being the instrument of fixing a broken world. And we thank you for that, Lord. We bless you in Jesus. Worship just for a little bit. If you have something that you believe the body needs to hear, man, come up. I'll be sitting right over here. You'll see me, because amongst all these people, you'll be able to find me. Okay, I'll be right here. Pray and then we're we'll to have a little more worship at the end. All right. At the end. At the ender. Or... <laughs> you know, I was gonna to have Tony pray with us about what he mentioned, but I really believe that's something that. We should do. We should not just do now, but we should ask for that function. right? So, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for that word that you're bringing to us, Lord. We thank you, Father, for the truth. We thank you that, Lord, you started something. We thank you that, Father, we, we've been strategically placed here in a city where you're bringing, <laughs> you're filling up every inch of space and humans are coming here, Lord. And so, Lord, we just thank you, Father. Give us that heart. Give us that heart to pray. That our prayers, Father, would be loud and they would be bold and our prayers would be silent and they would be full of faith, Lord. Because, Father, you're preparing us to go and just ask the question, who is Jesus Christ? Have you come to the place in your spiritual life that you know for sure that you're going to live forever? I just thank you, Father, for the... The, 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 the us the power of the spirit in these people there's no other bus that's going to show up from Detroit and say we're the first team this is the first team so Lord we just thank you Father for that we just receive it, we receive the fact that we're here for a purpose both foreign and domestic and we thank you Father for the day that's ahead, Father we just thank you for take care of us, Jesus name.